Hey everyone, welcome to the House Church Podcast. This is Pastor Jamie here. I'm so glad you decided to join us for today's broadcast. Every time we come together as a church, people encounter God. So my prayer is that you too would experience His presence and hear His voice for yourself. Please enjoy today's message. We just thank you that you're here. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to speak to us and to do whatever you're wanting to do. And uh, Lord, I thank you that you would give me uh, the ability to articulate, to speak. Holy Spirit, help me. And uh, Lord, we just bless. We bless our time today. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 First real encounter that I had with the Lord was in a worship service. My, my spark of origin, if you will, where eternal life for sure touched me and awakened me, happened in a worship service. If, if you go back to original things in my life, grew up in a Christian home, had teachings, had the environment around me is a positive environment, but my encounter with the Lord happened in a time of worship. That's where life filled my heart. That's where eternal life flooded my soul, and I felt the God connection, the, the spirit-to-spirit connection of eternal life. It, it connected with God, and the surge of the flow of life filled my being, and I have never been the same ever since. I had lots of teaching. I had words from the Lord. I had the Lord bring correction. I had the Lord speak to me from people. But the moment that where, where inception happened, where, where my life touched eternity, it happened in a worship service. And it was in that place, and I will tell you, that I actually believe that what you're experiencing in the house, what you experience in this community, is a product of allowing that spark of life and that original word, the seed that touched and transformed my life, that it has bore fruit. I really believe that. I, I don't believe that you are a product of what God did in me, but rather this environment and what was conceived, what God did in me, it, it, it began something. And it gave permission for, and, and, and it's being expressed, and, and it's opened up, and it's, it, it was fruitful, and then it multiplied, and now it has opportunity to fill the earth. That, that for me, in my journey, that this is, this is what it looks like in my life to be fruitful. I, that this, this expression is a work of God that, that initiated in something, and, and now is bearing fruit. I think that you also have an origin point. I think there is something of God, a seed of eternity that has been implanted into you and that where God encountered your life for real, not religion, not, not Sunday school lessons, not, not just the time he talked to you. I'm talking about where eternal life touched your life and you were never the same. You got the divine hookup. The breath of life filled your soul. Now, I feel like I can get into some dangerous territory here because I'm off the notes for sure. Okay? The reason I can get into some dangerous territory here is because we have a whole bunch of religion in this room. 
okay? If you're Catholic or Catholic, if you are Lutheran, <laughs> okay, Presbyterians, anybody Baptist? I like, I, I've told this joke before, so just give it a groan if you've heard it before, but you know the difference between a, a, a Baptist and a Catholic? Baptist and a Lutheran, doesn't matter, I mean, I pick your poison here, okay? You know the difference? Baptists don't wave to each other in the liquor store. Mm-hmm. And now you know. I don't know where the spark of life happened for you, but I'm telling you that it has to happen. And the reason I'm in dangerous territory is because religion tells us, do X, Y, Z, you're saved. But I will tell you that if you don't have the Spirit of God, you're not. That, no, no, that eternal life is a legit thing. And we get into some dangerous territory because we're like, people begin to be worried. Am I or aren't I? And fear begins to creep in. This is why I, I did what I did during the, the communion time today is, guys, when fear creeps in and you push back because you're like, ah, I don't know the answer to this one, Jesus, and I don't really want to talk about it, we create distance in our connection with him and, and he just, if you'll just open the door and begin a fellowship with him, man, he'll walk you through all of your hangups. And life will fill your life. Joy can be your portion, like for real. There's opportunity, and uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to maybe push some buttons this morning. You got this. You're okay. You've been here before. Okay. I want to talk about the spark of life, the blessing of God, the Father's blessing, where life originated. It started in Genesis. If you've got a Bible, you're welcome to turn there with me. I believe that if you'll, you'll, you'll take the trip this morning, that God will unlock something for you. You've got to get your listening ears on, though. You can't ask too many questions today. Here we go. Genesis 1, 26, God said, let us make mankind in our image, according to our likeness, and then let them rule, let them have authority. Let's make God, God said, let's make man in our image. And then he's going to bless them and say to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and have the dominion that I blessed you for. Here's your assignment. I want you to be in my image, and be good at it. I want the life that is in me to be in you, and I want who I am to be expressed in you so it touches the whole world. God made man in his image. This is in the beginning. This is before God is a father. This is before God is our healer. This is before God is your provider. This is before God is your savior. Before all of it, the image of God. What image has been presented? What's the first things? God is a creator. Repeat after me. God is a creator. You are a work of his creativity. Come on, look at the person next to you. You know it. They are a work of his creativity. 
You're a work of wonder. Creativity. God's a creator. And the life that is in God created. What does eternal life look like? It looks like creation. What does eternal life express itself through? Through you bearing fruit. The life of heaven in you producing something. You, in his image, create. Oh, Pastor Jamie, I don't paint, I don't draw, I'm not creative. No, no, no. That's not what I mean. I mean, as you are just being you. The flow of life of God in your life will bring forth a result that creates life. It's life-giving, life-producing, and it's always on the increase. It starts and then it increases. I'm going to give lots of little word pictures, and there's several scriptures that give different versions of this. And I'm going to attempt to hit them real quick, but, but the gist of it really is this. You are a creator. You're in God's image, and you're meant to create and to bring forth life that increases. But what does that look like? It looks like you being a dentist. And you doing it really well. And the expression of life in you is flowing. And it, it increases. And the people's experiences are life-giving instead of death. Instead of decay, you're bringing forth life. What does it look like? Oh, it can look any way. It can look like you being a teacher. It can look like anything. It's not in what you do. It is in being. No, there's a lot of cliches around this, you know. You're not a human doing, you're a human being. Yes, 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 yes. I really mean this, though. God wants the blessing of heaven, the eternal life of heaven, to flow through you being you. But I don't know who I am. You are you. It's nobody else like you. You're just you. You're looking for an image to fashion yourself after, but that's not what God's after. He's after life flowing through you. When we get saved, it gets confusing because then church begins to put on little mission statements to everything we do. If you're saved, then we got to go save the world. Yes, but you're not a human doing. That's not what he's even after. He saved the world already. He did it in Jesus. That's not, the, and then he rested. Like he's done with all that. Now we get to walk out our being and participate in that. But, okay, I'm going to push you a little bit. But God is not trying to get you to do anything. God did not save you and then put an agenda on your life as if you have something to do. That doesn't exist. That's in your head. That's religion. Oh, but Pastor Jamie, I have a calling. You absolutely have a calling. What does he call you? Because that's more like a name, not actions. 
Sorry, Austin. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Our authority to rule, which is what we tend to camp out on, like, okay, God has given us authority, so now we have to do something. But that is the result of being. Authority, like, like we will release God's dominion into the world as you are co-creating with him. As the life of heaven is flowing through you, it will touch the world around you. All right, let me keep going. In the very beginning, there was some confusion added to this, though, because God had created them to be and to be fruitful. But then temptation comes along. In Genesis chapter 3, we see the serpent pointing out this amazing reality that there are two trees in the center of the garden, one of life and one of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. Knowledge of good and evil. Let me read this for you. The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees, this is Genesis 3, of the garden we can eat, but from the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God said, you can't eat it or touch it or you'll die. The serpent said to the woman, you won't surely die. God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the tree, that it was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from it and ate and then gave it to her husband. The tree was good for making one wise. In their relationship with God, in their connection with God, this life of eternity flows into them, and through them, they are being fruitful. They're gardening. They're having kids. This thing is a wonder. It's life flowing. Temptation says... But you're not like God because your decision mechanism is connected to God. In other words, you can't make a decision without checking in with God first. Your knowledge of what's right and wrong, what's good or not good, the path that you should go on, your knowledge of what's good and evil, it's connected to God. You don't have it for yourself. If you eat of that tree, you will possess it yourself, and you will be able to make up your own mind as to which path you should take, as to what actions you should do. It's good for making one wise, knowing what to do. They eat of the tree, and instantly there is a disconnection from the wisdom of God because their human nature has now changed. They now have a nature that will choose its own way because that is the fruit result. So they eat of the tree and their eyes are instantly open and now they know for themselves that they have to make decisions whether they're right or wrong and they're making them for themselves. And God instantly knows there is a disconnect in their connection. God goes running in. He goes, where are you? And what are they doing? They are hiding. This is really important to keep in your mind as we hit the other passages. They're hiding. They're hiding because there is a disconnect in their decision mechanism. And for some reason, when we are making decisions, when it's not open, when it's not 
in connection, when it's, we, we tend to pull back. If you want to do your own thing, you won't talk to anybody about it. You'll just go do it. This changes the nature of their connection to God. Before this moment, Adam and Eve are deciding to do stuff based on this connection. They're going to go garden. They're going to go do stuff. They're connected to God, and, and so they are realizing what's good and what's not in this connection with God. But that's not there anymore. And we watch as humanity spirals out of control very quickly. Humans are going their own way. Literally, the definition of sin is to miss the mark. It's to go your own way. When we say the sinful nature, we're not talking about a despicable person. We're talking about somebody who has decided that they're going to make up their own mind. I'm going to make up my own mind. What do we say that when a kid says that to a parent? They are rebellious. The spirit of witchcraft is rebellion. It is, I don't want to talk to you about my decision. This is the nature of sin. The nature of sin is not, I'm doing things wrong. The nature of sin is, I'm doing what I want to do. Okay, I can see the smoke coming out of ears. Yeah, I know the gears are turning. Keep going. Here we go. God wants to fix the problem, so what's he do? He sends his son. Romans 8, verse 3 says this. What the law could not do, what the rule book could not do, God gave them all the rules. This is how you maintain your connection with me. To maintain your connection with me, you have to do what I want you to do. That's how you maintain the connection. So here's the law. And if you can maintain doing what I want you to do, then we can remain in connection. There's an eternal life that can flow into you. For what the law could not do, weak as it was because of human flesh, because of us, God did by sending his own son. In the likeness of flesh, human, as a sin offering, he condemned the sin or the nature of choosing your own way, he condemned it in humanity so that the requirement of the law would be fulfilled who do not walk according to the flesh or according to that kind of mechanism of decision, but instead according to the Spirit. God so loves the world that he sends his only begotten Son. Who would ever believe in him would have everlasting life? Yeah? For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world will be saved through him. He who believes is not judged, but he who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son. This is the judgment, that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Okay, this is what light is. Light is making decisions so that everybody knows what you're doing. That's what light is. It's, you can see I know what you're doing. We're talking about it. It's in the open. But men love darkness. We like to do what we want to do, and I don't want to have to talk to you about it. This is what this is saying. Jesus came into the world to deal with the sin issue. 
But people didn't want to acknowledge that we need Jesus to pay for it. Why? Because we think we're doing okay by ourselves. I don't need God to tell me what to do because I know what to do. And who is, who are you to tell me what to do? Who are you to get in my business? Who are you to, to give me counsel on the decisions I'm making for my family? Do you see this? This, this is the nature of sin. It, it, is, it is that it's in shadow. It's that it, it wants to do its own thing. And so people who are in the Lord, this is the judgment. Light came into the world. Connection with God came back into the world. But men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, does not come to the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes into the light so that his deeds can be made manifest as having come from God. In other words, I'm good with us talking about what I'm doing. Why? Because God's a part of this. I'm in the light. So you and I can talk about it because there's no shame in my game. I'm not hiding. Do you see this? The law came and demonstrated that you were doing your own thing. That's what the law did. But we failed at doing what God wanted us to do. And so we needed God to come and do it for us. And this is what Jesus did. Jesus came into the world and he never disobeyed the Father. He did everything that the Father asked him to do. And in the end, he even surrendered his life to death. He completely laid his life down in obedience to the Father. And in so doing, became a sacrifice for yours and my right to make our own decision. And he opened up a new covenant that that eternal life, the spark of heaven, the creative process of life that flows into you, that allows you to be fruitful, that flow of eternal life into your soul. He opened up the pathway, not by obedience to God telling you what to do, but he opened it up through connection in spirit. It wasn't by you doing what God told you to do that you obtain life. It's through the connectiveness in spirit. Jesus took the law out of the way and he opened up another path for you to be connected to eternal life. He opened up the back door access. He rendered the veil. The spirit of God gets unlocked and now every human being has connectiveness through spirit. But here's where religion messes us up because we still go back to lists of do's and don'ts and proper behaviors and all the nonsense. And we feel guilty when we don't do what other people tell us we're supposed to do. You feel condemned when you don't live up to the book. But therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. You are not condemned by the law anymore. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm working way harder up here than I need to. All right, all right. Whew, I'm striving. I got to stop. Whew. Okay. 1 John 1, okay? This is the message we heard from him and we announced to you. God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all, no disconnection. 
If we say that we have fellowship, connection with him, and yet we walk in darkness or we do what we want to do, we're lying and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And then catch this. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. This is where it turns into a steak, okay? If I asked you to list off all the things that are sin, you might come up with all sorts of things. Here's the deeds of the flesh, their immorality, and they're like, right? You might list off these things. Oh, those are the don'ts. But can I tell you that sin is doing taking action in your life outside of connection with the Lord. Anything that you're choosing to do and not talk to God about, there's no connection in it, you're going your own way. And so you could look like you are doing good things, but it's filthy rags. Because it's not connected in spirit with the Lord. But then you might have someone like Jesus who's doing the Father's will, like perfectly, right? And look at the law, the way the law responds to Jesus' actions. He is eating with prostitutes. He just had a full-on adulterous woman wash his feet with her hair. He's hanging out with tax collectors who are anti-Israel. They are partnering with the enemy. From the outside, Jesus' actions do not look righteous. But Jesus is walking in perfect connection with the Father, which means that he is not making decisions in sin. Okay. <laughs> you will not sin if you live by the Spirit. Your connection with the Holy Spirit, you living in the light, causes the blood of Jesus to wash all of the stuff that you did that's outside of God's will to wash it. Your connection with Jesus is what makes you righteous, not if you're doing things right. It, it isn't, it's, it's not that you're doing things right or you're doing things wrong. That's knowledge of good and evil. This is why Jesus came. He came to deal with that thing because you need the spark of life flowing in you. And the call of God on your life is not to do something for him. He doesn't need you to do anything for him. Uh, let me tell you, okay? He owns, the he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. If he wants to sell a few, he can. He doesn't need your money. Do you know why you give in church? Let me just get real with you for a second. You know why you give tithes? Tithes is 10% of your income. Do you know why, what a tithe is? A tithe is the declaration that your money is not independent from God. That's what tithing is. It's the declaration through your actions that your money belongs to the Lord, not you. 
They just want their church so greedy. No, 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 no. I don't, I, I, hear me. I don't care what you do with your money. That's between you and God. I will tell you, there's a work of God happening here. And if you're here, you might want to, I don't know, surrender to him and participate because it's amazing. You get to be a part of this thing. Fruit flows. But your money and the decision mechanism has outcome. It's telling you what's going on in your heart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Walk in the light as he is in the light, and you have fellowship with people, and the blood of Jesus cleanses you. If you are open and honest, you're willing to talk about it with God, you'll be willing to talk about it with people. You'll have actual connectiveness. There won't be any darkness. There won't be any hiddenness. Your deeds will be born of spirit. Not that you are doing what God tells you to do. No, you'll make decisions for your dang self. But your life will bear fruit because eternity is flowing in you. And so you're like, God, what do you want me to do with my life? He goes, have a good one. <laughs> be blessed, be highly favored. If you want to live long on the world, you should honor your father and mother. Be redeemed. Have abundant life. Why are we so uptight? There's a mission, Pastor Jamie. We got to get after it. Nah, man. Jesus saved the world. Do you want to partner with him in that? Do you want to co-create? Because I can tell you that the authority of heaven flows through people who just will be in this connection with him. Life will flow from those people. Not because they're trying to accomplish something, but that's just the result of abiding. <laughs> so, Pastor Jamie, what does this sermon mean? John 15. I'll read this and be done, okay? You want me to be done? Here we go. John 15. I am the vine, Jesus says. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, remember we're going back to the original blessing, the Father's blessing, be fruitful. Okay, every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it will become more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. You're already forgiven. Why are we talking about sin again? Just abide. If Jesus, okay, we come into worship, the first thing we do is confess our sins. I don't, why do we do that? Where'd that come from? God wasn't talking to you about sin. Why are you talking to him about sin? Why is it that when we come into the light and we see his face and we touch his goodness, that instantly we begin to think about all the things we're wrong in? As if we can do something to make it right. We focus on ourselves because we don't believe the truth. The truth is that the blood already paid that the covenant of Jesus already purchased and that you are already clean. You have been redeemed. You're not trying to be redeemed. You are redeemed. You are already 100 mazillion bazillion percent connected to the Father. And that eternal life connection is what you need to tend to. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You can't bear fruit of eternity unless you're connected to eternity. And your connection is through Jesus. 
I am the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Multiply, fill the earth. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and they cast them into the fire and they're burned. Yay! If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. Your prayer life is dependent on this. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and prove to be my disciples or prove to be connected to him. Just as the Father has loved me, I also love you. And abide in this love. Trust it. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. Like, this is what's important. Keep this connection alive. It's the only thing that's important. These things I spoke to you that your joy, that my joy would be in you and your joy would be made full. Dude, Jesus wants you to have the most joyous, abundant life. I, I have had lots of good ideas about business, okay? I'll tell this one story and then we can close. I, I've had lots of business ideas. I'm entrepreneur in thought. I'm creative in thought. I like that, okay? So... I see a problem and I come up with a solution that like could go to the marketplace and we could fix this thing and make a whole bunch of money and be awesome, right? I think like this. Anybody else think like this? I just think like this. There are so many times where I've had ideas and I didn't act on them, someone else acts on them and they're bazillionaires and I am not, okay? This is a regular occurrence for me. Inventions, ideas, all that kind of stuff. It happens to me regularly, okay? There have been times where I have had a business idea and then I will act on it and immediately there is this life surge and a pathway is created for that business to take off. But before long, normally like six months, it will slowly wane out and then just not go anywhere or it becomes heavy and I'm like, man, I don't have enough energy to carry that thing forward. It's not really like, what are we talking about here? I had a branch shoot off an idea. I'm creating, creative, and I act on it, and this pathway opens up. But I have a process of life in me that has borne fruit. And that process of life has taken me in a different direction. I gave myself to worship. I gave myself to that eternal seed, that word that I talked about. I had an encounter with God, and then I, I fed it, and I've walked in it, and I've stewarded it. And, and then stuff has been created, and it's abundant, and it's touching other people, and it's bearing fruit. It's wonderful. And if I will take off in this other direction, and I try to bear fruit through another branch... If it's not remaining connected to the Lord, if I'm not talking to him about it, if that life flow isn't flowing through it, it's just going to wear out and it just won't work. This is how God helps you in your life. Stuff works or it doesn't work. But how do you know it's from God or not? Are you continuing to talk to him about it? Is your connection with him vibrant in that thing? Are you abiding in your connection with him as you're taking action? If you are abiding in your connection as you're taking action, it eventually will bear fruit. It will work. But if you sink back into, 
I'm just gonna do it my way and I wanna do it this way and I don't wanna talk to other people about it. I don't wanna submit it to authority. I don't wanna have conversations. I wanna do my thing. It will dry up. It won't work. Because you have been purchased by the blood of Jesus. You're no longer yourself. And the eternal life of heaven wants to flow through the connection. This morning, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. The most important thing that you can do with your life is tend to your connection with Jesus. If you literally just continue to tend to your connection with Jesus, just talk to him about your decisions. Talk to him about the stuff that you're doing. Talk to him about your wife. Talk to him about your family. Talk to him about the business choices, your ideas. Just talk to him. That connection will cause life to flow. If you find yourself not wanting to talk to the Lord about something, that is a hint that there's not an eternal connection there. If you find yourself not wanting to talk to your friends about a decision, you're going the wrong way. If you're not wanting to talk to your parents about things, you're going the wrong way. If you don't want other people to weigh in and to be a part of your discussion, you're not in fellowship. You're not in the light. There's something off. Just get honest with it. My friends, I believe that God wants to cause so much joy and so much life to flow through you. Like the blessing of the Father is that you would be fruitful. Not that you go do a bunch of stuff, but that your life would bear the mark of eternity. You'd create something would flow through you that gives life to others. Pastor Jamie, what am I called to? Being you. Being you. But aren't we supposed to go to the nations? Yeah, except for the last words of Jesus were to stay in Jerusalem, not go. Stay until you connect with spirit. Your actions flow out of this connection. My friends, if you'd stand to your feet this morning, this is the, the prayer that I want us to pray. I want us just to get real for a moment. This disconnect that happens so often it's fear so often it's we're afraid we we want a, a we want our dads to approve of us and we're, we're seeking for that approval and so we need to do things right and the pain of that in our lives gets transferred over to God and so we go God I want to do things right I want to do what you want me to do. That's a, it's fear talking. He's saying, son, I want you to abide in me. Daughter, I want you just to be connected to me. But what does that look like, God? Just talk to me about your stuff. It's, it's so simple, but it's so difficult. Holy Spirit of God, I pray right now that you would help us to see this morning where we have pulled back and we don't want to talk to you about something. Just ask him the question. We started off in communion today. God, is there something that you want to talk to me about, but I have not wanted to talk to you about? Holy Spirit of God, is there something that I'm resisting? I, I don't want to talk to you about it. Would you please remind me of that? Would you show me that? 
I want fellowship to kick back in. There is a life abundant that you are meant to be living in, and it comes literally from just connecting. Sounds too good to be true, but it's real. Father, I thank you for each one today. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you take these words, that you would cause, Lord, the sifting to take place, that you'd break down the ideas of religious obligation, that that stuff would be burned away, God. The holy fire of your love would cause that stuff to dissipate. Lord, I thank you that you, oh Lord, would liberate people today, that there would be freedom, freedom to abide and to produce life through their life, to be free, to not feel the obligation and the expectation of religion or anything else, Lord God, that that would come off of people, nor that they would literally just live their life connected in the light. God, I pray that you would empower that today. Lord, I bless your people. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May he grant you peace, guard your hearts and your minds. In the precious name of Jesus and anybody who dared to agree with that said, Amen. Come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord this morning? Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. It's our hope that God touched your life in a truly meaningful way. And if you were impacted, please let us know by writing a review or share it with friends. If you'd like more information on The House Church, we would love to connect you with our community. Please visit us at ithehouse.org for more information. We'll see you next week.